Welcome back to Pikes Under the Mic. The NFL Draft is less than two weeks away, and a lot has happened since our last mock. Free agency has come and gone, and with that, team needs have shifted. A trio of trades has completely changed the draft order, leaving the 49ers with the third overall pick, while the Dolphins drop down to six and Eagles to 12. With that, let's get started with our second mock draft. First overall pick in the NFL draft. Man, what an honor. I've always dreamed of being in this position. The most difficult pick to make. I know, with the Jaguars' fate on the line. I want Iguodala. No, uh, Trevor Lawrence here. Um, I don't think there's really any question, any argument here. We've known this since the dawn of time that Jaguars are probably taking Trevor at number one. Um, it's funny seeing, like, uh, I saw today on Twitter, um, Trevor Lawrence, like, thanked, he just got married, and he thanked Jaguars fans on behalf of him and his wife for donating to their charity, <laughs> uh, which I was like, I, I can't remember a time in my life when I've seen, uh, like, a one overall who is already saying, like, I think the end of the tweet was, um, can't wait to join you guys down in Jacksonville or something. Like, <laughs> it's so it's so transparent that he's that he's already locked in there. So Yeah, I can't remember the last time it's been this said and done, but it is. So as of now, Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence at number one. With pick two, of course the Jets are going to draft Zach Wilson. I mean, they have to. You trade away Sam Darnold. If they don't draft a QB here, they are officially the worst franchise of all time, which arguably you could make a case that they are. But um, in reality, I think that Zach Wilson is obviously the pick here. I mean, there's some there's some questions about his build, his size, um, but he just had an insane senior year, and I don't think as a GM you can pass on that. And I, I think he's the best QB available at two, and I think that's the obvious pick for the Jets here. Yeah, I think uh, to nobody's surprise with the the big trade recently that put the Niners up in uh, up in the third spot after Miami gave it up. Um, I think it's no question that the Niners are going to be looking to go quarterback here. Um, Lynch has said that they're publicly kind of behind Jimmy G, but I think anybody who has watched that team knows that they're itching to get out of there uh, and get out of that contract, you know, as soon as possible and move on to the next guy. Um, I'm going to go against my personal bias here. I think that there might be a little more upside on Trey Lance in this spot, uh, but I think the Niners hopefully will go against this buzz around Mac Jones and go with Justin Fields. I think not only is he, uh, you know, incredibly athletically gifted and would do really well in Shanahan's offense, um, to me it's kind of a question of, like, who can come in and contribute a little quicker. I think Trey Lance would be a lot better in a situation where he had more time to, like, um, you know, kind of develop under somebody. And, and honestly, I uh, I just think Justin Fields will be able to come in and contribute a little quicker. So I think Fields is the is the three spot here. You know, I think it's interesting. Um, I feel like beginning of this college football season, it was always Trevor Fields. It was the battle between those two. Who's the best college quarterback? Who's going to be drafted first? And then all of a sudden you start seeing over the past month or two, it's like Fields wasn't even top 15 conversations. He's fallen late into the draft in some. And Luckily, after his pro day, people kind of come to their senses. He's come back more up, but for a while there, I don't know. If they take Mac Jones at three, that'd be a questionable one. But I've seen a lot of buzz around that. So um, Yeah, I loved – and you know what? I loved the decision by Fields to have that, like, second pro day where it was no media just catered to what pro teams wanted to see, um, having, you know, specific requests for what he did in the pro day. I think it showed a lot, and I think, you know, there might be a lot of smoke right now around – 
uh, going for somebody like Mac Jones, but I think that's all it's going to be at the end of the day. I think they'd be crazy to go away from somebody like Fields or even Trey Lance. Yeah, I think that second pro day was huge in kind of putting away those things, the typical Ohio State quarterback downsides or the dual threat quarterback downsides that people just kind of labeled Fields as, and he proved that that doesn't necessarily apply to him. So with Fields off the board, you've got Atlanta at four. Um, I think there could be a couple things that happen here. No trades in this mock draft, but I could see them trading down. Um, the other thing, if they stay at this pick, um, you've really got a couple options. You can go quarterback. You've still got Lance and Jones on the board. Um, you can also go best available talent, someone like a Kyle Pitts here. Um, I'm going to take Trey Lance with this pick at four. Um, like Hunter was just mentioning, in a system like Atlanta where you've got a veteran, great quarterback like Matt Ryan, maybe with two or so years left, um, I think Lance would be able to thrive um, developing under Ryan. Um, they've already got so much talent on the offensive end with Julio Jones, Ridley, all the other weapons. Um, I think he'd be put in a really good spot to succeed. Um, and if the Falcons do stay here, I think it'd be hard to turn down getting a quarterback of the future without having to give up the rest of their future or talent on the offensive side versus taking someone like Pitts, who is a crazy talent. Don't get me wrong. I personally love him, but um, doesn't fill as much of a need per se as Lance does. And I think with with Matt Ryan aging, I think that's the right pick, especially con just considering the talent that is, you know, that comes with him. Um, but at the same time, I feel like Pitts could also be a pick here, but I, I think you're right. I think they go QB. You can't pass on Lance. Um, I think Ryan's aging, and I think with the new coach, I think they start to rebuild here um, and maybe develop him for a year or two and then uh, eventually start him after that. So with pick five um, right here, I think the Bengals, they need an offensive lineman. And I know, well, what if they draft Jamar Chase and reunite him with Burrow? They could do that, but you, it, I don't care if you do that because at the end of the day, you need offensive linemen to protect your QB. Um, Penny Sewell, by far, is the best tackle in this draft. He can play either side. He ran just over a 5. Uh, he ran like a 509.40 in um, the 7.76.3 cone. He's a big boy. He's 331, but he can move around. Uh, he's a great run blocker. He can pass block as well. He, he's the best tackle in the draft for a reason. Um, I, I think it's a no-brainer here at 5 that the Bengals take Penny Sewell. Yeah, and that brings us into the 6th spot. Um, coming off of their... Their trade with Philadelphia, the second half of that Niners, Eagles, Dolphins kind of blockbuster there uh, going into this draft. I think the Dolphins are in a curious position here, um, especially going by this mock that we're putting together here. I think the Dolphins could see kind of a fringe benefit of this many quarterbacks going early in the draft, especially if Cincinnati goes all-line there. Uh, they now have their top choice on the board for uh, wide receiver in Jamar Chase or weird super hybrid wide receiver tight end athletic freak in Kyle Pitts um, I think if it's me here and I'm Miami I say stick to your cards you know I, I take Pitts or sorry uh, Jamar Chase here I think he's the top prospect as a wide receiver for a reason I think people have known for a long time that he was going to be the guy coming out um, I think the Dolphins go with Chase here I think it's their best pick in this situation to make use of that trade and I think it's actually exactly why they traded back up into these top 10 uh, is because I think they knew that they wanted to be able to get somebody like Chase here so as much as it pains me to leave Kyle Pitts on the board uh, going ahead into Detroit I, uh, I think it's the right move for the Dolphins here. Well, I'm going to thank you for leaving Kyle Pitts on the board um, although no problem <laughs> uh, 
I didn't always, you know, if thinking ahead, I didn't see Kyle Pitts going to the Lions here. Um, I could see him taking potentially an offensive lineman, protect Jared Goff. Um, I could also see wide receiver if Jamar Chase falls. I think that's the pick there for them. Um, obviously, losing Kenny Galladay, they need that wide receiver one. Um, but with Kyle Pitts on the board, I'm going to go best available talent. Um, take Pitts at seven here for the Lions. I think his versatility is really what does it. If he's a traditional tight end, I don't think I'd take him here. Um, but his ability to act as a true tight end or really just catch the ball as a receiver um, is something unique, something we really haven't seen out of a tight end prospect um, in recent years. Um, I'm high on Pitts. I think he's an exceptional talent. I think he's just one of those unique ones that's fun to watch. Um, so that's why I'm taking him here. Yeah, I think if you told me, you know, the day after the draft that these two picks went exactly opposite and the Dolphins took Kyle Pitts and then the Lions took Jamar Chase, I would probably not doubt it for a second. Uh, I think either of these two, you're looking at best available player here. I think in my book, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are maybe arguably like top three or four best available players in this draft in terms of just overall like contribution and skills. So, uh, yeah, I think great picks on both of these, but I also could easily see them being flipped. With the Panthers here, um, you know, they trade for Darnold. I could see them maybe getting like a corner here, but with the way the board fell, I mean, I got Slater at eight. Um, Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Dude ran a 4.8840. Um, three cone was a 7.48. And this guy, I was watching his tape versus Chase Young from 2019, and he was really bullying Chase Young that whole game. You know, Chase Young had a few reps against him that. You know, he won, but for the most part, I thought Slater held ground, and uh, I could see that translating to the NFL. There are some concerns with him being a little grabby, uh, but that can be coached out of him. Uh, I just think Panthers need to protect Darnold here, um, especially if they think Darnold's the guy. The longer he has to pass, better chance he is of being a good QB. So uh, I think Slater here is the best option on the board. Not only are they drafting based on need here, but I think based on value, I think Slater's the best pick there. Yeah, and I think rolling into the uh, rolling into the next pick with the Broncos here, sitting at the number nine spot. As much as it pains me, I'm going to don the John Elway hat and pretend that I think sticking with Drew Locke is the right move for the next year ahead. The moves they've made this offseason have made it seem like that seems to be their plan. Whether or not I agree with that is obviously a different discussion. Um, but I think we're finally going to flip spots on sides of the ball here. And we're going to take it over to the defensive side. I think the Broncos could desperately use some help strengthening up their defense over the middle especially. And I think the clear prospect here for the Broncos is Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Uh, I think Micah Parsons is just an all-around really good tackler. Um, he's got great off-ball uh, positioning and uh, awareness on the field. And really the only thing that I see him struggling with is maybe getting off of blocks for uh, – for pass rushing and run blocking and things or run stopping and things like that, but I think he has a, uh, I think he's got a pretty good a pretty good set of skills to come in and start contributing right away. So I love Micah Parsons in this spot. I think for the Broncos, it's a pick that you're right now happy about because I don't envision anybody in the first eight picks swinging at anything defensive, let alone Micah Parsons specifically. Uh, and I think this is a clear cut, obvious move for you to make here. That brings me to the Cowboys at 10. Um, this is surprisingly later on in the draft, um, usually when it starts being more questionable, but I think this is a pick that a lot of people agree on. Um, Patrick Sertain, second out of Alabama. Um, I know J.C. Horn had a crazy good pro day. Um, 
Caleb Farley's fallen a little bit, but I think Sertain is someone who can come in and contribute right away to that secondary. Um, obviously with Dak Prescott coming back, signing the big deal, um, all the talent they have on the offensive end, if they can tighten up that defense a little bit, and especially the secondary, which needs work. Um, we say it every year, but it could be a dangerous Cowboys team. <laughs> <laughs> so Giants are picking here. Um, they have a needed edge, but I think they cannot pass on one of the receivers here. I could see him going Waddle or Smith, but I think you have to draft um, Smith here just because he's the Heisman winner. I know he's a bit small. I, he can definitely put on some pounds, but he's an elite player when he has the ball in his hands. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He can really rejuvenate that um, Giants offense. I know they got Galladay in the offseason. If they got um, Smith here, you know they probably have one of the better receiving cores in the NFL. Um, and I could, like I said, I could see him taking Waddle here too, but I, I just think that Smith is the right move. Yeah, yeah, good call. I think uh, I think that this is going to be an interesting part of the draft here. Um, one of the bits of, I guess, like speculation that I've been seeing in the last few days is talk that the Eagles, who are coming up next in the number 12 spot after that trade with the Niners, might be looking to move again. Uh, and the reasoning behind that is that uh, I think a lot of people are recognizing that Waddle might be on the on the Giants' radar here at the uh, at the 11 spot, and I've seen talk that the Eagles might be trying to jump above them to get Waddle. Uh, they kind of put themselves in a weird spot with the 12 pick trading back there, where they might now be in a uh, a tough position. But I think if the Giants go with Devonte Smith, it's a win-win. Everyone goes home happy. I think the Eagles would take Jalen Waddle here, and that would be my pick for them. Uh, I could also see if Patrick Sertain slipped to this spot, I could see the Eagles going with that. But uh, I think with Jalen Waddle on the board, uh, I think they're pretty high on him from the reports that I've seen, and I think he'd be a good fit for their offense as they're trying to kind of build that up here. And so, yeah, that would be my pick for the Eagles at 12. All right, that brings us to the Chargers at 13. Um, and I've got them going second quarterback off, or cornerback off the board, excuse me, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Um, I think you've got the top three receivers off the board now. Um, obviously, receiver not a pressing need with the Chargers, but definitely if you drop someone like Waddle in there, um, crazy athleticism could definitely contribute. Um, also have a need at the offensive tackle position, I think, though, with Slater and Sewell off the board, the top two tackles in the draft. Um, you could potentially be reaching, I think, after J.C. Horn's pro day. Um, I watched a little bit of his film, um, watched a little bit of him against Auburn, um, locking up really good receivers in man-to-man. Um, I think that's a hole in the Chargers defense. Um, helped the rookie, or now sophomore quarterback, Justin Herbert, out on the other side of the ball. Um, and I think that'll be huge for the Chargers. Dude, he hit 19 on the bench press, which is pretty insane when you think about it. Um, yeah, I think his pro day really has shot up his draft stock. Um, he's probably my favorite corner in this draft just because the way he plays. Um, and I don't know. I didn't know this until like a couple weeks ago that he's actually Joe Horn's son. And I yeah. used to have Joe Horn on my uh, Madden Ultimate team years ago. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, he uh, also – oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just wondering if that 19 was supposed to be impressive. I heard Godina put up 20 the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if you want to take me with the uh, with the 12th overall or whatever, you're, you're more than welcome to, although I don't know if I could be a day one contributor. I think, uh, yeah, J.C. Horn, just awesome pro day. I agree with what Kyler was saying, like one of my favorite guys in this draft. Uh, I just there's something something you gotta love about a guy who like 
kind of flies a little bit under the radar and just kind of wills his draft stock up, right? Like puts up this crazy pro day, uh, you know, basically says to people like, go watch my film, like go check me out because I am going to mean, you know, I'm going to mean business when I get to the NFL. I'm the real deal. Uh, so, yeah, I totally agree. I love him in that spot. So now the Vikings are on the board. Um, they could maybe use a safety uh, corner maybe, but they just got Pat- Patrick Peterson. So for me, if I'm the Vikings GM, I think I go interior O-line here. Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. You know, he can play inside. They could probably put him outside if they need to. But with Riley Reef going away, you know, the Vikings need help on the inside. Kirk Cousins um, was under pressure quite a bit last year. Not as bad as 2019, but I think they can definitely improve their O-line here. Uh, and also help out Davin Cook. So I, I think Elijah Tucker is the right move here. Um, I mean, they could maybe go for a safety, but they'd have to trade down. It'd be a reach at at, uh, at 13. So um, I think that's the right move. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think coming in here at 14, rolling into the Patriots, or 15, sorry, going into the Patriots, um, you know, it's kind of been the – the meme the entire lead up to the draft and I I think it'd be funny to circle back to it if uh, Bill Belichick was reunited with uh, Tom Brady's clone in Mac Jones and so I think here at the 15 spot uh, to me Patriots are taking Mac Jones Uh, they seemingly have committed to Cam Newton for another year uh, but I think no matter who they were to go with if they draft a quarterback they'd probably still want an older guy to start I think other than Lawrence and Wilson and, you know, maybe in some dire circumstances, one or two of the other guys in this draft room, you're going to want to sit them and develop them. Uh, Teams have been kind of going that way anyways, not looking for day one starters. So I think the Patriots go Mac Jones here. I think he's a good system fit. And if he falls to 15 so they don't have to trade up to get somebody, you know, that's just kind of a gravy on, on the deal itself, I guess. I think they'd be really excited to get Mac Jones here. Um, and honestly, at the 15th pick, I think it has some good upside to it. So I think uh, Patriots, you know, try to return to their roots with a Brady-esque quarterback here. It'd be a lot of mad NFL fans if Mac Jones is, ends up as the next Patriots dynasty quarterback. Um, I hate to do it again, but I think I'm going to take another cornerback at 16, my third in a row. Um, i got the Cardinals actually taking Greg Newsome second here um, out of Northwestern. 6-1, good um, height, NFL ready, could be plugged into that secondary. I think some Cliff Kingsbury needs right now. Um, you know, it's tough. I could see him going wide receiver, pair someone up with Hopkins. Larry's getting old, although I could see him playing forever. Um, but with Waddle and Smith off the board at this point, as well as Elijah Vera Tucker um, going off the board, I think he's definitely the best interior offensive line prospect. Um, I think you take a shot on Newsom here at 16. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't light up the, the stats board. He doesn't get a, a ton of picks, but he's a lockdown corner. Um, you know, injuries are a concern for him, but I, I think his game's going to translate to the NFL. Um, I think that's a great pick for the Cardinals. Raiders here, um, they need help at tackle. They need a linebacker, but I think based on value, you, you go Christian Derrissaw here out of Virginia Tech. Um He's a big lineman. I feel like I've just picked linemen this whole draft. I think <laughs> yeah, I have. I I've just picked tackles and, and line. But, that, hey, that's just how the board's fallen. But, hey, I, I like how he's, he's a great player. You know, he can play inside. They'll probably put him outside. Um, but, you know, the Raiders need help um, on the line, and I feel like this has just been a general theme whenever I pick. But protect your QB. Give your QB time. Open up holes for Josh Jacobs in the run game. Um, I think Gruden's going to love this guy. Uh, he's just – Come, if this guy came at you downhill, I would get out of the way because he's a big boy. 
322, um, 34-inch arms. This guy's big. Uh, you know, sometimes he gives up ground when he doesn't play strong, but uh, he can be a little bit grabby sometimes. But I think overall he's a solid tackle and probably one of the top three tackles in this draft. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely agree on that one. Uh, he was somebody that, you know, back in the early draft analytics going into this year, maybe a month ago, um, I was really hoping would fall to the 20 spot for my Bears, but his uh, stock has gone up a little bit, and when people kind of start the run on tackles here, I think they're going to go quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could definitely see him going earlier in this draft. I think coming up next, though, with Miami, um, Miami, you know, I had I had them earlier uh, when they took Jamar Chase. Uh, I think they're going to love having weapons for Tua, but I think they also could desperately use some help rushing the quarterback, uh, and I would expect them to go edge rusher here. I couldn't tell you the last time I've seen a draft where edge rushers have slid this far, and I think that they're going to really open what will eventually turn into a kind of a run on, on edge players. Uh, I think they take Quiddy Pay here. Uh, he's my, I guess, kind of highest rated edge rusher. I really like Jalen Phillips out of Miami, but I just think for their situation, uh, I think Quiddy Pay will be a little bit better of a, of a I guess, answer here. Um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have a ton of sacks at Michigan, which is obviously – not always the most promising thing but we have seen in the past that sacks in college are not always the most indicative stat for edge rushers Uh, I think a lot of times it's more about what you see on the film in terms of technique and things like that because for edge rushers sacks can be a lot of times more situational than anything so I think Quiddy Pay out of Michigan could come in and start contributing right away Um, and I think that's where the Dolphins go with the 18th all right brings us to 19 the Washington football team um I'm going to take linebacker Jeremiah. I'm going to butcher his name, Owusu Koromoa, uh, Notre <laughs> Dame prospect. Yeah, I was impressed with myself there. Um, you know, they've put a lot of their picks recently um, into that front seven. Um, I think they could do it again. I think I'm just going to call him Jeremiah. Um, he's pretty versatile talent. I think he can rush and drop back in coverage pretty well, um, which makes him special. Um a defense with him and Chase Young in it would be kind of scary. Um, I could see him trading up or trying to do something with the quarterback, but obviously they got Fitzger- or Fitzpatrick now. It's magic. Um, as well as uh, who's the magic from last season? Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. I'm still a Taylor Heineke believer. Um, so it'll, in- it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, obviously they could try to find another weapon to pair alongside Terry McLaurin as well. Um I'm going to go with the linebacker spot here, which is definitely a need for them at 19. So the Bears are at 20. You might get mad at me for this, but no, they're not going to take a QB here. There's no way unless the Bears just blow this pick. But I think Tevin Jenkins has just shot up boards in the last month. You know, a month ago you would see him maybe going at the end of the first round to teams like the Packers, but, you know, he had a good pro day. Uh, on bench press, he hit 36 bench presses, which is bonkers to me. Um, he's 317. He can really play inside or outside. Doesn't really matter. Throughout his time at Oklahoma State, he's played everywhere on the line. So, he, you know, let's say um, the Bears starting tackle gets injured on the left side, he could shove in there, or he could go play guard on either side. He really can play anywhere on the line. Um, and I think Bears here with getting Andy Dalton – Maybe a Bears fan might want them to trade up for QB, but in this case, there's not a QB there. I think Tevin Jenkins is the move, and maybe you address QB uh, with, like, um, Mon from, from Mississippi State in later rounds. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And thank you, thank you, thank you for not making my Bears reach on a David Mills type, you know, second round, third round graded quarterback. That is a fear that I live with every day, uh, especially after the 2016-2017 draft. Ryan Pace has shown that he is more than willing to reach and trade up for a quarterback, even if he doesn't need to. So, even if there's a uh, even if there's a chance David Mills will make it to the second, who knows? Maybe maybe Pace is jumping up the board to take him at 20. Um, which brings us to 21, uh, the Colts, who hopefully won't be won't be waiting for the uh, the laughter to die down after the Bears pick. Uh, I think the Colts could go a lot of ways here. Um, I think they've got some serious needs at offensive tackle. I think they've got some needs in in the defensive side of things. Uh, I think they could use a good edge rusher. I think they could use a cornerback. And honestly, to me, this this pick is kind of a tough one. With the people currently on the board, I don't think that they would want to that they would want to really shore up that uh, that offensive line right now. I think we've seen a lot of offensive tackles go off the board, and really the four that have gone off are really the only four that I hold in super high regard. I think instead they're going to go over to the defensive back side of things. And I think we're going to see, uh, Ryan mentioned him earlier with his his draft stock kind of falling a little bit. I think you're going to see Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech go off the board here. Yes, mm-hmm. his stock has slipped a little bit, but I think the Colts need a defensive back. And I think this has the opportunity to be a great value pick for them. I think a lot of mock drafts going back a couple weeks didn't have Caleb Farley slipping this late. So the fact that he could still be there at 21, if the injury concerns turn out to be nothing more than just concerns, I think that could be a really good pick for them in terms of value. And now we go to the Jets. Obviously, they got Zach uh, Zach Wilson. I think with Salah being the head coach, defensive-minded guy, I think they need to address the defense. And with here, I think Jalen Phillips falls right into their laps. Uh, in my opinion, he's probably one of the better pass rushers in this draft class. You know, it's not that good of a draft class for pass rushers, but to find a guy of this quality here, I think you have to take him. You know, I think Jalen Phillips is one of those players like Caleb Farley, Godin was talking about for the Colts there, that you could really get a lot of value if they fall. Um, obviously a questionable medical history as well, but um, if he does get that thumbs up, then I think he's an exceptional talent out of, we were talking about Miami's edge room, what that was like. I mean, they've got three NFL first round caliber edges, edge rushers. Um, we don't know where they put all three. As far as I'm, con- as, a, as far as I know, there's only two edges. But I don't know. I'm not an NFL coach. Um, yeah. So that brings us to 26 with the Steelers. Yeah. So jumping into the Steelers, this is to me, this is one of the weirder spots. Um, the Steelers kind of have a lot of, I guess, stuff kind of to figure out right now as a team. They lost a lot on the offensive line this year. Um, Marquise Ponce obviously retired. Um, they lost uh, one more offensive lineman of free agency, and I think they're still sitting on one or two unsigned free agents right now. It'll be interesting to see what they do there. Maybe something we could still see addressed, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers reached unnecessarily on an offensive lineman here. Um, maybe going for somebody inside like Landon Dickerson to replace Marquise Pouncey. But I'm going to choose to be a little, have a little more fun with it. Uh, I think personally that if you're the Steelers, you're looking at last year and saying, what on earth were we doing with James Conner? Uh, they were absolutely atrocious in the run game. Maybe you put some of that on the offensive line, but I think that I could see them going with a, uh, a running back here. Conner just wasn't the RB1 that they were looking for this season. I'm going to give it to him on a stretch. I'm going to say I think they take Najee Harris here out of Alabama. 
I just think it's a little more fun to choose to believe that they would take a running back here. Uh, they also have a pretty good history of Alabama running backs going in the first round. Got some, obviously, names like Derrick Henry, uh, Josh Jacobs recently, going all the way back to Mark Ingram, Sean Alexander, guys like that. So I'd love to see another Alabama running back come out. Uh, I think Najee Harris is a really good player, and we saw some really cool like athletic ability and things in the playoffs. Um, only concern, really, would be his speed, potentially. Uh, he ran like a 4.55 on his 40. Not as fast as all the other uh all the other running backs that you know they might be looking at here uh, obviously the big one being etn but i think he's fast enough and more importantly i think he makes up for it by having pro level decisiveness and he's really good at just finding the holes especially in a weaker offensive line i think he's the right pick here for the steelers and it keeps it exciting like you said exciting i think steelers fans will be happy um, i know my roommate's a big steelers fans we butt heads but he's really hoping for a skill player um, in the first round of the draft Steelers seem to always pick some kind of off offensive tackle or defensive player that's not exciting but ends up being a stud. Um, they've had good history in the draft like that, but he keeps saying, you know, I really just want like a running back or something. Um, so I don't mind that Najee Harris pick here at all. Um, and like you said, definitely need averaging like two yards a carry last year. Oh, yeah. Just, just wasn't cutting just it. Just non-existent. I mean, it wasn't even fantasy owners, you know, apologies on behalf of James Conner. I mean, that was just <laughs> – such a poor attempt at a run game. If Big Ben's got to carry the offense again, he's going to throw his elbow off. So, <laughs> um, Breezy is to 25 here with the Jaguars. Um, after they picked up Trevor Lawrence at one, I think they'll address the other side of the ball here. Pretty popular pick for them. Um, it's Trevon Morig out of TCU. Could have also pronounced that wrong. Um, the Jaguars do have somewhat depth at the safety position, but I don't think it poses nearly the upside that Morig does here. Um, I think he's just got the potential to be a little bit better um, or a lot a bit better um, than their current safeties that they've got now. Um, their secondary was pretty bad last year. I believe they were 27th against the pass um, in the NFL. Um, so you're going to get your franchise quarterback, um, hopefully surround him with some weapons, but you've got to take care of the defensive side as well. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of needs, but I think this is a good pick here. Um, Morey got a TCU. I think he's could be a pretty good pick for any team. He's got a lot of potential. So, Browns are sitting here. Um, I know they just got uh, Clowney in free agency, but I see him getting another edge. Uh, Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. Uh, you know, he's got great burst. Uh, and he's got great speed as well. You know, some might say he lacks an ideal body type for a, an NFL type edge rusher, but he had. Eight and a half sacks his his senior or his junior year, twelve and a half tackles for loss, and four forced fumbles. So I mean he's he's a beast. Um, and I I think that's the right move, and they they might have one of the best D lines in the AFC, if not the whole NFL, after this pick. Yeah, yeah, I really like that pick for the Browns there. Um, I think we're starting to get into the territory with. Uh, linebackers and edge rushers where you could start to kind of play the game of, you know, who do you like for your mm -hmm. team, right? It's no mm -hmm. longer necessarily best available to fits well. And I think the same logic applies to the Ravens at the 27 spot. Obviously not for linebacker or edge rusher, although mm -hmm. they could look to go there with Ngakwe leaving um, and Matthew Judon gone. But I personally think the clear-cut pick here for the Ravens is Lamar Jackson desperately needs help on the outside. Marquise Brown, you know, he added all that muscle last year to try and become that 
wide receiver one, but they could desperately use somebody who can just go out there and be that outside threat who, you know, is maybe a little bigger. Uh, and I think as much as I love Kadarius Tony out of Florida, I think Terrace Marshall Jr. fits that bill just a little bit better. 6'3", 205 pounds. He's got that, you know, big, strong build that he's going to be able to go in there and just be a threat off the outside. Uh, he's got actually really good speed for his size. Uh, he runs a 4'440". Um, so he's, you know, he's going to have that like deep threat speed that I think you're looking for here. He's also great off of contested catches, something that, you know, if Lamar's running around back there, scrambling around, trying to run around like a chicken with his head cut off type of, mm-hmm. uh, type of deal yeah. on the backfield there. If he needs to throw one up, Terrace Marshall Jr. is a guy that's going to go up and come down with it more than he's not. So I think he's a great fit for the Ravens here. Obviously, Kadarius Tony would probably also do well. I'm pretty high on him as a player. I think he's great, but I like Marshall here a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And really, the Ravens lacked that that tall receiver that can get up and go get the ball. Um, obviously, you know they have Hollywood Brown in the slot, but you know you can see time and time again last year on third and fives, third and fours, they needed a tall guy to be a possession type catch receiver, and they just didn't have it. So I, I think that's the right move. Um, that's a great pick. If you could see my face, I've been over here smiling, taking breaths of fresh air as a Ravens fan. Like I said, my roommate wants running back for the Steelers. I want wide receiver for the Ravens. It's all we talk about. I don't have too much confidence that they'll go there because they've failed me in recent times. I hope they don't use the signing of Sammy Watkins as justification of getting a wide receiver one. Um, But, yeah, so I don't mind. I love a big physical receiver. I think we need that true physical wide receiver one and um, skill, skill players are just the most fun i mean i saw fun. it i saw it with my my bears this year with uh obviously late round but with darnell mooney coming out you just can't help but root for a young guy playing in a skill position mm-hmm. especially watching them kind of work their way up that room wide receiver is always a fun one watching your rookie move from you know maybe like a couple downs a drive to a wide receiver two and then maybe if you're really lucky up to that like wide receiver one type position uh, that's just an awesome feeling when you're dealing with a, a skill position in the draft mm-hmm. I think they could go a lot of ways honestly losing um, their top two edge rushers which I did not expect I expect us to keep one um, but obviously like you said it's that point in the draft where who fits best for your team as well as who's off the board um, with Ojolari going the pick before in our mock um, then you might be reaching for another edge rusher so I think Terrace Marshall is a good pick here. Um, at 28 with the Saints, I'm going to go prospect I love, one of my personal favorites, Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa, um, the linebacker. Um, Saints known for having one of the better defenses in the NFL, um, yet their needs to this draft, um, a lot of them do lie on that side. Um, I could also see him potentially a wide receiver to line up alongside M- Michael Thomas, slant boy. Um, <laughs> had to do it. Can't guard Um, Mike. But I just personally love Zayvon Collins as a prospect. Um, I think he's in – he could be up even in that trio of linebackers with Parsons, Owusu, um, and then Collins here. Not looked at out of high school. Um, Goes to Tulsa. Tulsa, obviously, not a big program for NFL talent. I don't think they've had a first-round pick in, like, 40 years. Um, But this guy's just special to me. Um, He's bigger than – your typical linebacker nowadays, linebacker nowadays, um, but he could line up all over the field. Um, I think he's just a really cool talent if you really dig into his film, um, even just read about him. And the Saints did lose a few linebackers they're trying to keep under the cap this offseason, um, so I think that's a need they'll need to fill if they want to keep having a dominating defense. 
Yeah, I, uh, I had the pleasure of picking for the Saints in our last mock, and I went the same way. Zayvon Collins is my pick for the most underrated player in this draft. I am so, so high on this kid. I would even, if it weren't for big name and program name and just quantity of, of quality film, I'd put him up right at the same level as Micah Parsons. I love this kid on film. I think he's awesome. He is so explosive reacting to the ball. His ball handler acquisition skill is just off the charts. It's already at a pro level. Uh, he's fast enough to come off the edge, big enough to come up the middle. He's fast enough to keep up with a wide receiver and big enough to fight a tight end. I mean, it's just the do-it-all tight end, or do-it-all linebacker that the Saints could use here. His numbers, I mean, he played eight games in his last season and put up 54 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, four interceptions, two forced fumbles, and two defensive touchdowns. It sounds like a running back stat line, but the dude is playing linebacker. I mean, it's just awesome player. So I love this pick. Good shot there, Ryan. Uh, I think this is absolutely the right pick for the Saints. All I need is your validation. That's all I strive for here. <laughs> so I'm picking for my Packers here. You know, if I'm a betting man, I would bet money the Packers trade up in the first round. For the past three years since Brian Gutekunst has taken over, they trade either fourth-round picks or third-round picks to move up in that first round of the draft. Um, and if I'm a betting man, they trade up for someone like Bateman. But honestly, with this draft board, uh, can't do that. He's already been taken. So uh, I, I could really see him maybe going to receiver here, but I think they're going to wait till round two to, de- to get a receiver just because the receiver class is so deep. Same thing with tackle. Um, and I think they go on value here and get draft Christian Barmore out of – uh, Alabama. The reason why I say that is because Kenny Clark, uh, obviously one of the better nose tackles in the league, uh, but the Packers' run D has been poor for the past two years, and a lot of people credit that to the linebackers, but in reality, outside of Kenny Clark, there's not much uh, depth in the D-line on the, on the Green Bay Packers, so I think Barmore is the right move here, um, and I, I think that will bolster the Packers' run D, and he's also a, a, a great pass rusher as well. Yeah, so moving on for the Packers here, um, Bills Mafia, you know, I talked a little bit, and Ryan did too, about how exciting it is to take a skill position. I think the Bills could go a few different ways here, but based off who's gone off the board, uh, I think one of their biggest needs here is edge. But honestly, looking at, like, the remaining edge players in this point, I don't know if there's anybody in this spot that I, I like for the Bills in terms of best available. I think instead they try to bolster that high-flying offense from this year. Josh Allen has really come into his own. I think the one thing that that offense really needs is a solid running back one. And I'm going back to the running back room. Najee Harris, you're not the only one going off the board this round. I think the Bills take Travis Etienne. I think he's an awesome player. I think he showed a ton of really uh, unique combinations of abilities. Uh, He's awesome in open space, which that Bills offense seems to always create. Um, He struggled a little bit with pass catching early on, but he's gotten a lot better uh, later in his career, which is going to go great with Josh Allen and that high-flying offense again. So I love ETN in this pick. Bills Mafia, I think you'll be very excited. little undersized, but I don't think it'll matter. He makes up for it with athletic ability. Uh, He's super fast in open space, like I said. So uh, get ready for some big touchdown runs, hopefully some occasional deep balls from Josh Allen. My guy, love him. Uh, So, yeah, I think the Bills go ETN here. Now at the Chiefs at 31, almost to the end of the draft, and I'm having a little bit of trouble here. Um, obviously, we saw Patrick Mahomes flee for his life in the Super Bowl, um, so I feel like I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't go um, offensive line here. Um, but they also have some other needs. Um, 
the safety position, obviously they've got three solid safeties on board, um, but free agency could hit. Um, the wide receiver position, they're known for having so much talent there, but they lost Sammy Watkins this offseason, and you've got guys like um, Pringle hitting free agency in the future. Um, so I'm going to stick to the offensive line here. Um, I know you might say they need a quarterback. Um, super popular pick for them. But I think I'm going to go Samuel Cosme out of Texas. Um, I'm having tough here once you start getting down into the depths. Offensive line's kind of up in the air. I think Landon Dickerson um, is an intriguing pick right here just because I like him as a talent, as a good overall. Um, I think he might be somewhat risky here for the Chiefs. Um, but the Chiefs did lose their tackles, so I think Cosme just fills that hole pretty well. Um, and I like what I've seen out of him, um, like especially after, like I said, they lost Fisher and Schwartz. Um, so I think Cosme is the best pick here. Yeah, I mean, I think I think anybody who watches football knows that that Chiefs roster is still a super powerful roster. You know, they're going to be contending. But as we saw last year, it doesn't matter if you can contend if your team falls apart in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's you work all season to be able to compete. Uh, and I think an offensive line pick here would make them uh, would make them really ready to like get to that next level. So, and I also I like Samuel Cosby. I think he's a good player. Yeah, I think he um, leans towards a pass protecting tackle anyway um, which obviously for the past happy Chiefs uh, like we were saying you've got Mahomes your future um, as well as Kelsey Hill all the other weapons um, I think he'll do well 6'7 309 um, but he can move around pretty well um, protect Mahomes' blind side keep him safe so he lasts through that 10-year contract um, so I think it's the right pick here last pick of this draft Buccaneers um I could maybe see him going interior lineman here for D-line, um, but I think they get a luxury pick here, and they go Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Ran a 4-3-5-40. He's a fast guy. He's not the blocking-type receiver. He's a slot-type player. He can return kicks. Um, and obviously the Buccaneers pretty much brought back their whole Super Bowl winning team except for Antonio Brown. So I could really see uh, Elijah Moore being the pick here. Um, I feel like he's – I don't want to compare him to Antonio Brown, but he's, he's a younger uh, version of him kind of, and he, he can play in the slot. Uh, like I said, he's not the type of guy, he's not a physical receiver at all, uh, but he's the type of guy where he's a playmaker. You get the ball in his hands, third and five, he'll convert for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree on the Buccaneers there. I mean, I think I think another part of this team that people are going to have to, you know, Tampa fans might need to start contending with is I think anybody who's watching that team right now knows they're kind of living on borrowed time, right? I mean, mm -hmm. obviously we make all the jokes about, like, when is Brady going to eventually retire, but at a certain point you do need to ask, like, when is he going to retire? Uh, and I think that Elijah Moore is a great pick here to kind of start laying that groundwork for eventually you're going to have to, you know, lose Chris Godwin or lose Mike Evans and you're going to, you know, lose Gronk and Brady to retirement. And having an offensive weapon who's been in your offense for a year, two years, three years, when that starts happening, uh, you know, looking into the deep future could be really, really huge for, for building that team. So, I think, uh, yeah, it might seem like it's not directly what they need in this round, but I think it actually has a lot of long-term value for them. 